I'm Kara. I'm Tanya. And this is The Fairer Sense. Rad women and real money stories instead of the same old financial bullshit. Today we're talking about some of the things we love most. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Kara. Um, welcome to our mini-sode. It's the mini-sode. <laughs> so this week, we are doing something a little different. We're working on a great new episode for you guys next week. But today, we're doing a little mini-sode, our first one. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we love the most. Yes, it's basically like Oprah's favorite things, except the fair sense favorite things. And neither one of us are Oprah. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> But we've got a lot of great stuff that we love we're going to share with you and that y'all should definitely check out. Yeah, lots of it is great content that's out there, specifically content made by women. Um, Though There's some love for the guys in here as well. And then just a couple of tangible things that we love that we think add real value. So Tanya, tell me why we're not doing a full episode. Well, um, we are not doing a full episode this week because it is actually my very last week at work. Like, ever. I know. It's so weird to say, but yeah, it's kind of a full schedule. Mark and I are in DC this week, hanging out with all of our colleagues and friends. And he grew up in DC, so has a lot of friends from, you know, way, way back there. And we're spending a lot of time with folks. And it was just a little much to also try to edit a full regular podcast on top of that. So it's like a crazy, exciting, surreal, weird, sad, happy, everything time. But so that's why you're getting both of us and not any lovely guests this week. Yeah, but you know, we're enough, like in life and <laughs> and also for this podcast. We totally are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no shame in this. Like I think we really just love the idea of getting to connect with you guys, but I think we were both excited at the prospect of being able to do a show where we just plug a lot of some of our friends and a lot of other great content creators who are out there and writers and just wonderful humans who are putting great energy out into the world. So we we love being able to give some recommendations. And if any of these things are helpful to you right around the holidays, all the better. Yeah. And we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes so that you'll be able to go directly to the websites and absorb everyone's positive vibes. Since we are a podcast, let's kick off with our podcast recommendations. We have some fave babes who are in the personal finance community who podcast, and so we want to give them a little love. One of my faves is Budgets and Sense with Kate Flanders and Carrie Smith-Nicholson. They have been around for a couple seasons. They've put out some amazing content and they're just like two adorable people who come together on one adorable podcast. <laughs> so love them. Yeah, Kate is in the mastermind with me and Kara as well. So shout out to Mastermind Babes. And another woman who's in our, our mastermind is Jessica Morehouse and her podcast, The Mo Money Podcast, is really wonderful. She talks to a lot of folks in the finance community and folks who are just regular people who've done incredible money things on their own and also sometimes answers questions or does solo episodes where she just kind of goes on these like adorable and informative rambles. And I find them so charming. 
So check out Jess, Mo Money Podcast. Love Jess. And finally, we want to recommend Fire Drill, which is by two of our other friends, Gwen and Jay. And Fire Drill's about early retirement and side hustles and making money and keeping money. And they're just great. They're two really fabulous ladies. And the podcast is super duper cool. And they actually had us on. So you can find us there at some point. (laughs) Yeah. In in the future. One of the things that I love about their podcast is if you read blogs or if you listen to podcasts, you hear from a lot of the same folks in a lot of them. And they really go out of their way to find folks who are not doing the regular podcast circuit. I say as a person guilty of doing the regular podcast circuit. It's cool. They they have like one of their most popular episodes is about a woman who became a romance novel writer and makes like a ton of money as a side hustle on Amazon. Like stuff like that that just is different from what else is out there in terms of like making money on the side or getting out of a traditional career more quickly. Okay. And in non-personal finance recommendations, I have some. <laughs> there are lots of great personal finance podcasts out there though we suspect that you guys probably already listened to a bunch of them if you found us so far. So we want to broaden a bit and talk about podcasts that we love that have kind of nothing to do with money or only a little bit to do with money. Yeah. For me, some of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to for a while now would be Call Your Girlfriend, which is Aminatu Sao and Ann Friedman, long distance best friends. One lives in New York, one lives in LA, and they just call each other and talk all things politics, pop culture, books, everything. It's all encompassing, really. Um, Some specific episodes that I recommend would be number 87, Real Shook, number 44, Comfort Hoodie. And for those of you who are interested in how podcasts work, some behind the scenes information and how people are actually making money on podcasts, number 88, Businesswoman Special. I love Call Your Girlfriend and number 88 was really helpful as we were thinking about starting this podcast because it really shows behind the curtain there at the different things they do. They specifically talk about the story of licensing their theme song, Call Your Girlfriend by Robin. And it was pretty interesting to think about that. And it definitely was was good for us to remember that, you know what, music is actually copyrighted material and we don't want to just put songs in our podcast without having the rights to them. So y'all will be happy to know that all of our music is Creative Commons attribution licensed music. So it's all available for use freely as long as you give people credit, which is why we have such long credits at the end of every episode. But we find it all on the free music archive. You definitely have to go through and listen to a ton of stuff to find the stuff that you like. But there's so much good stuff up there if you're willing to just put in the time to find it. This makes me think that we should do a behind the scenes someday. Yeah. Bonus episode for the future. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, Another podcast that I love, it's in its second season. It's called More Perfect and it's by the folks who do Radiolab. It's all about the Supreme Court, which on its face may sound super nerdy, but as we all know, the Supreme Court makes decisions that ripple down into our everyday lives. And I mean, I honestly probably wouldn't be here if not for a Supreme Court case, Virginia v. Loving, which made interracial marriage legal. And I mean, I love this podcast, y'all. It's so good. You have to just like binge it. Every episode's amazing. But specifically, season one had an episode called Adoptive Couple v. Baby Girl. And I cried like a baby. It was so powerful, so moving about one of the most important court cases um, involving Native Americans and their children. It's incredibly moving. So I really, really recommend you check that episode out. Yeah, that's one of those podcasts that's been on my list for a while, but I haven't actually gotten to it yet. So hoping to in January after we quit. 
Yeah, when you've got all that free retired time. <laughs> two new podcasts to me. One is by the book where the two hosts read self-help books and live by them. And the episode that I really found to be really powerful was French Women Don't Get Fat. They lived by this book, which is a diet book. And each of the hosts have a history with disordered eating and complicated relationships to their body. And so going into a diet book was a really bold choice for them to make, which they talk about. And then the experiences that they had while following the diet was, again, really powerful. And then the other podcast that is brand new to me, I've only listened to one episode, is The Guilty Feminist, recommended to me by my friend Sarah Lee Kane. It's British, so I'm sorry, British accents are amazing. <laughs> And the episode that I was just listening to, it's called Us and Our Mothers. And it's hilarious comedian, Deborah Francis White. And they talk about all things kind of feminism and comedy. And it's just, I've, I enjoyed that one episode. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. With By the Book, I have listened to, I think every episode of it, they do some interesting stuff like when they did Marie Kondo and they talked about how much they hated her crazy like stacked folding method, which like, oh my gosh, I hate it so much too. Um, recipe for all the wrinkles. <laughs> and, you know, so that like they they do a personal finance book and talk about some money saving tips that, you know, are actually pretty interesting, but a lot of it is sort of wacky. Like you're really supposed to just like shop for your fresh produce once a month, really. So definitely I second by the book. All right. So my non-financial podcast some of you guys may know about me that I am a huge audiophile. I did radio back in the day. Doing radio was always like my lifelong dream and my unrequited love. And so that is part of why I love doing the Ferris Sun so much because this is like what I always dreamed of doing. So I just, I listen to way too many podcasts. If if you want more recommendations than this, hit me up on Twitter. I will gladly fill up your um, screen with dozens and dozens of recommendations. But some recent favorites are um, first, A Piece of Work, which is done by Abby Jacobson, who's on Broad City, which I just love. And it's specifically about modern art. So all of the episodes are done at MoMA in New York. And a good place to start is number three, an episode called How Questlove Learned to Love Silence. And it's specifically about the most intense blue color you can imagine. And she just, like, Abby is so delightful. I love her in all forms. And so she really carries the show. But then you learn a lot of good stuff about art along the way. And Questlove shows up kind of often. So it's pretty fun. The second one is one that happened a couple of years ago, so you may be familiar, but if you haven't yet listened to Mystery Show, please do yourself a favor and go listen. There are only six episodes. Start with number one, The Video Store, and just binge them all. They're so amazing. Starly Kine, who did that series, is sorely missed, and I sure hope she comes back with something soon because she's just so talented. The show's just so interesting and like a little bit quirky. It has like the best music in it. Uh, so if you like the music and the fair sense, there's definitely some inspiration coming from Mystery Show. The third one, I think, Kara, you'll approve of this. And if you're not listening, you should listen too, is a podcast by John Moe, who is an old like NPR guy. But the podcast is called The Hilarious World of Depression. John Moe interviews a bunch of people from the comedy world and music and entertainment kind of generally. And the real focus of the show is just to spur conversations about depression and to destigmatize it and make it something we can all talk about, which I know we love to kind of hint at 
therapy here. And I think that's something that you'll hear more of as the show goes on, season goes on. Like it's really just about having these conversations. And he starts out talking with Peter Sagal, who's from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR, who's like the most cheerful game show host, like literal game show host guy and talks about his depression. And like to me, who I've I've had depression on and off pretty much my whole life. Like it's definitely a lovely thing to just hear people talk about it in like a very normal way. Uh, real talk before we started recording, I was like, tee hee hee, something that I can wholeheartedly recommend, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely have to check that out. Yeah, it's good. And a good place to start on that one, you don't have to go in order by any means because it's just a series of interviews, but a good place to start is a recent interview with Patty Harrison, who is a trans woman comedian. And she really talks about like coming into her own voice. And there's a lot in there that I think feminists and, and women of all sorts will really appreciate. So that's a good place to start. Another podcast that I love is Science Versus, and it's produced by Gimlet, which is kind of a big um, conglomerate. Not really, but um, it's it's run by Alex Bloomberg, who used to be with This American Life for a million years, and they do a bunch of shows that I love. So like, I just kind of recommend everything that Gimlet does, but Science Versus is hosted by a woman who is like the most charmingly delightful geek on the planet. She has an Australian accent, which Kara, something tells me you would approve of that. <laughs> and some of the episodes are are really interesting. Like they talk about like, is organic food actually healthier? They really just look at contentious things that the public thinks they understand the science on and they try to break it down. And so like they looked at vaccines and looked at the science in depth. Like, does it cause autism? Does it cause other problems? Like, do they cause allergic reactions? Are they worth it? That kind of stuff. So it's worth tuning in. And a couple of good ones to start with are the episodes on birth control, which was really recent and abortion, which was several months back, uh, but they're easy to find in their feed. And with both of them, they really just looked at like the science of it. So it's not about the politics of it. It's just looking at like, how likely is it that your IUD might perforate your uterus? Like, is abortion actually bad for the health of the mother? And that stuff I think is really particularly interesting to women because it's just hard to find good information on that stuff that isn't politically charged in some way. And they keep the politics totally out of it. Oh, God, that's amazing. I love to hear that. I have listened to approximately none of these podcasts, <laughs> but I wrote them all down. So now I have recommendations. <laughs> I have just one more, um, which is a recent one for me because I, I appreciated that you did a couple of recent ones, Kara. The Outside In podcast is one that I just found literally this weekend and have been binging on. And an episode that is a great place to start is called Full Disclosure, and it's specifically looking at nature films and some of the shady stuff they might do to get shot. So they talk about planet Earth, they talk about older ones, and then like the thing that I love the most about it is it's just really creatively produced and they have good sound, like cool production, great music, interesting writing that goes into it all. But it's it's overall like an outdoorsy podcast. So if you're into that, you might like it. But that one in particular on nature films called Full Disclosure, like definitely worth a listen, even if you're not an outdoorsy person. Great. So that is a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. So again, we'll leave links to all of these in the show notes so you can link right over and find them. You don't have to take notes as you're listening. We hope you share. And if you have any podcasts that you love, please tweet at us or send us an email. We'd love to broaden our repertoire.
Okay, on to books. Okay, so I love reading and I think like a lot of adults don't get to do a ton of it anymore, but I was a big, big reader when I was a kid and I've been trying to get more into it. Something that I'm rereading, this is actually the third time I've read this book, but I love it so much. It's called Animal, Vegetable, Mineral by Barbara Kingsolver, who I love her. She's the best. She's such a good writer. And something that I love about her is that she was a biologist for years and then became a writer and a novelist later in her career. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, that's sweet. So she writes about a lot of stuff in nature and animals and biology stuff, but she's also written a lot of other amazing things. Animal Vegetable Mineral is nonfiction and it's about her moving her family from Tucson, Arizona to rural Virginia to live on a farm and to eat hyper locally. They grow all their own vegetables. They raise chickens and turkeys and that kill and eat them. And they just go on this mission of eating hyper, hyper locally. And it's awesome. It was so informative and it was written 10 years ago, but they actually just re-released it in 2017 with updated chapters because she has two daughters just catching up with them over the course of 10 years and how this mission to eat locally has changed their lives. And then if you are looking for some fantasy in your life, specifically young adult fantasy, which let's be real, I always am. Uh, Tamara Pierce is a writer. She's prolific. She has written many, many books and I love her. I've been reading her since I was a kid. Her series Song of the Lioness is about this girl, Alana, who pretends to be a boy and becomes a knight and she's like the first female knight in forever and it's got magic and swords and it's so good. (laughs) She has written literally tens of books since then, but I reread some of her series every year and I'm 29. (laughs) I love it. So shout out to Mara Pierce. You changed my life. And then finally, um, a collection of short stories called Drown by Juno Diaz, another book that I've read twice and beautifully written. Um, Juno Diaz, born in Dominican Republic where my dad is from and has lived in the United States and Massachusetts specifically where I grew up. So I'm like, Juno, same story. What up? (laughs) Um, But it's a bunch of really wonderful stories that I highly recommend. That is great. I love Barbara Kingsolver, um, but the other two are definitely new for me. And can I just confess, like I definitely was one of those super literary kids growing up who was like, fantasy novels. (laughs) (laughs) And it totally took like getting into Harry Potter to get past that and to be like, you know what? Like, don't be a snob. Like people who love to read, like it's all good. Like all reading is good. Anything that soaks your imagination, like it's all great. I mean, and like I read books three and four of the Twilight series, like on my honeymoon. Oh my God. (laughs) And like, I know. And like, I wouldn't even defend that. That's like bad writing. Like, sorry, (laughs) Steph, but like not your best work, which we know because her later books were better. I've, I've read like honestly, everything she's written. (laughs) Oh my God. The secrets come out. (laughs) I know. I'm confessing it because like we have to smack down like book snobbery. We just have to. It's not okay. Like all reading is good. Let's celebrate all of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I just, I'm sorry, Twilight. Hilarious. But if you've read Twilight, no shame. This is a safe space for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And like I, I think I paid some obscene sum even to buy book four in English in Mexico because I just like couldn't wait the two or three days until we got home. So yeah, like that is the level of my addiction to those terrible, terrible, wonderful 
amazing books. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. That's wonderful. <laughs> okay. What are some right. books that you recommend? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to recommend four to you guys that are a combo of perennial favorites and more recent favorites. I cannot stop rereading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I read it first maybe three or four years ago and then have read it at least once a year since then and just find so much inspiration in it. She also wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which was kind of a biographical novel. This is nothing like that. I mean, Big Magic is like a pure self-help book, but not in the like you're you're sad and broken and need help kind of way, but more just encouraging. And so she actually has a podcast that I wish would come back. It's been off the air for a while now, and I'm not sure what the status of it is, but it's called Magic Lessons. So I highly recommend reading the book, Big Magic. It's all about how to bring more creativity into your life and considering yourself creative, even if you wouldn't normally use that label to describe yourself, which I think is great advice for all of us and just really empowering and um, you know, bringing in magic. Like, What's wrong with that? Magic is good for everyone. And then give her podcast a listen. Um, you may not totally love the podcast. It's not probably for everybody, but you also might completely love it. So it's worth mentioning. And then Kara, you mentioned Barbara Kingsolver kind of having like a second career or becoming a writer later in life. My greatest hero in the world is Julia Child, who didn't even learn to cook until she was over 40 and was such a late bloomer in so many ways. And yet, like we all think of her as leaving such a huge legacy. She changed the way that American women in particular cooked. She changed American cuisine. She was also just like so incredibly effervescent and amazing to watch on TV. If you can see any of her old shows on YouTube or Netflix or anywhere else, like it's so worth doing whether or not you care to follow along with her recipes. They are, they do seem a little dated now to be honest, but like she is just so wonderful. But before she died, she wrote a book with her nephew called My Life in France. That's really all about when she kind of came into her own and discovered cooking and traveled and decided she wanted to write a cookbook and then decided later that she wanted to do a TV show. And it is just so inspiring. And her voice, that like wonderful effervescent voice just comes through loud and clear. And um, like, I highly recommend it. I, I love that book so much. I've given it as a gift to like more people than I can count. Okay, my third recommendation is a novel, and it is the novel that I cannot get out of my head. I read it probably a year and a half or so ago. I just want to do nothing but reread it, but unfortunately, life has not given me that kind of time, and it's also fairly long, as a lot of the more modern novels are, um, but it's called Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. The shortest way to describe it is really a he said, she said novel, so you hear first from a husband's point of view and then second from a wife's point of view. They have different things that they each do but it's it's like that is just the smallest way possible to describe it it's really just like an incredibly written book um the characters are so vivid and interesting lauren groff's voice is just so wonderful and i love her and want to meet her and tweet at her every day and tell her how much i love her um but like i just love that book so much and then finally this is a perennial favorite um similar to big magic uh the war of art by stephen pressfield um for anybody who does anything that is remotely creative like try to write or um, do music or podcast or like literally anything else. The book is really about the idea of resistance and that thing that holds you back from doing the thing that you know you want to be doing. And I relate to that in a very, very real way in all of my creative endeavors. And so that book always really helps me kind of bust through for a while. So I have both a hard copy of it and I have it on my Kindle and I use both pretty often. Um, but just like 
one of those things, it's a short book, it's like 100 pages, but everybody should have that on their bookcase or in their ebook library um, to refer to whenever you need it. Seconded that one, one of my best friends loves that book and she's a creative, she's a musician and she said it changed her life and I read like, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I read the first five pages like three times right when I was beginning to get very serious about debt payoff and I was having a really tough time mentally and I couldn't finish the book, but I really, really need to get back to it. And so I'm co-signing even though technically I've never read it. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's one of those books where if you just flip it open to any random spot, it's got super, super short chapters. There are a couple pages. If you just read like three or four pages, you will still get something out of it. You don't have to sit down and read the whole thing. I probably have read the first quarter of it like 10 times and the last quarter like twice, I still get tons out of it. I think no shame in how you've done it. Do yourself a favor and read the rest. It's worth it. now we have a few recommendations on tangible things, stuff you can put in your house. We don't have that many recommendations here because neither one of us are really big on stuff, but there are some things that have our undying love. For example, my Columbia puffy coat. I love this coat. I love it. I bought it when I was on a road trip in 2016 and I was in Portland and it was October and it was friggin' freezing. <laughs> so I had to go buy this coat. And since then, I have worn it probably more than any other piece of clothing in my life. I mean, it's perfect for Austin winters because we don't have real winters. <laughs> and it's versatile. It's black. It's It keeps me warm, but it's light. I just – I, I want to write like a love song for this jacket. <laughs> it is so fascinating to me to – to hear you talk about a winter clothing item as your favorite thing because we're always talking about how you're wearing like (laughs) nothing and you're sweating and I'm like bundled up. (laughs) Um, But I will say I also like have such a thing for puffy coats and I think like they are just so comfortable and comforting. It's like wearing a big blanket around with you. I will confess because I live in a winter place, I have multiple puffy coats. Um, I have a North Face one that I've had for a million years that's still in great shape. I have um, a mountain hardware one that's like my really durable one that I would wear like backcountry camping in the winter that's like got all the fancy abrasion resistant stuff on it and the big hood. But the one that I wear most of all is this actually fairly thin one that's I think called the Down Sweater by Patagonia, who I know we both love, but I just really respect their business model and the fact that they will directly tell you you don't need to buy more of their stuff and they encourage recycling of their products. They try to make environmentally sound decisions in their business and treat their employees well. So, you know, it's still capitalism. And like, I think we're not blind to that fact, but if you're going to have to have a money-making business, I think they do it about as well as anybody. Yes, definitely. Also, that reminds me, there is a podcast called How I Built This and the Patagonia episode is super duper awesome. The owner of Patagonia is so chill and he's, yeah, he's not interested in making money and he'll tell you that straight up. (laughs) And so buy a Patagonia coat if you need one and then listen to that podcast. (laughs) Get them discounted because it is expensive. And I'm a big fan of getting them either on Steep and Cheap or on CR Trading Post, which also allows you to get email coupons, which you can stack on top of the discount. So pro tip on outdoor gear is that that little deal. But Patagonia, yeah, like full price is 
really, really a lot, but you can get the, the price down quite a bit if you're willing to go for like an ugly color or a past season model or something like that. Yep. I got my Columbia puffy coat at the Columbia outlet store in Portland. So don't pay full price for anything. <laughs> I have a couple of little stuff recommendations that both cost under $20. And it's funny because I normally really try to buy from local folks and to give money to small businesses. But these are both Amazon things, I won't lie. But they've both been things that have really improved my life. So I travel a ton for work currently through this week, basically. And then also, though, we'll continue traveling, but for fun after we quit. And these are both little items that are great for travel. So one is this crossbody convertible clutch mini purse thing that is flat. It's the perfect size to hold like a phone, some cards, some lip balm, a couple of keys. Like it, it holds more than nothing, but it doesn't hold a ton. It's, it's really lightweight, but it's got all these different detachable straps. So it has like a little wrist strap you can put on. It has like a crossbody strap that truly is crossbody. It's not like a lot of crossbody purses where you put it on and it's crossbody, but then the bag is like right under your boobs. <laughs> This is like down on your hip where it should be. Um, but it's made of real leather, which if you're into leather, you like you might appreciate. I just think there's so much like crappy fake leather out there that just wears out really quickly. It's got a totally good zipper. It's available in tons of colors. And the one that I got is $16.99 on Amazon. So we'll link to that in the show notes if you are in need of one. Like what I love most is I can throw it in my travel backpack or suitcase and it takes up no space. And then I have another option once I get places. And the second item that's sort of along similar lines is this multicolor scarf that I found about a year ago. And it's sort of like an Indian style. Um, and if I say it's rainbow colored, I think that gives the wrong impression. So it's more kind of like a, a multicolor ombre. It kind of goes from one color into a next, like in a, in a classy way, not a like hippie patchouli way. It's just super great because those who know me know that my wardrobe is almost exclusively black, gray, and black and white. If I wear any other color, I'm like, ooh, I'm so colorful today. Um, but I have this scarf in this multicolor thing, and I love that I can just throw it on like on the airplane or to go into the office. It's definitely nice enough for work, and it weighs almost nothing, but it just dresses me up or makes my black clothes not quite so basic. And that, again, I think is about $18.99. So definitely a really good deal. And it's held up really well through a whole year of travel, which is like over 100 flights. Both of those things are things that have held up that are a really good value. Man, things that hold up 100%. I am here for things that I can have as a 29-year-old and as a 49-year-old. So. <laughs> totally. I am not interested in buying anything that's going to be disposable. Like H&M, I am not all about like crumbling clothes. And like regardless of the rest of it, like the environmental stuff, it's just like why would you want to like keep having to buy these things that that wear out so fast? And I think along those lines, a recommendation I would love from any of y'all who have the answer is for the perfect pair of ballet flats. I would really prefer not to pay the big money for teaks, but like ones that you can actually walk around in all day, but then that still look nice enough for a decently nice dinner. That is like my travel dream. I've been wearing some hush puppy flats for years and like they look decent enough. They're definitely wearing out, but they definitely pinch my little toe after a few hours. So I would love to make that I don't even want to call it an investment because I don't want to spend a lot of money. But if you have some perfect pair that you love, please shout that over to us on email or on Twitter. Yeah. And along those lines, I am looking for skinny black ankle cropped pants. 
preferably jeans, but I'll take another material and hit me with those ethically made recommendations. I'd prefer to spend a little bit more money and buy it from someplace that I know the workers are being compensated fairly. That's a thing I'm trying to do more of in my life. So if you know it, let me know. Bring me into that inner circle. Absolutely. Gosh, that that is like such a close to my heart topic. Like for years, I have been really transparent on my blog, Our Next Life, that we shop at Whole Foods. And it is incredible the amount of not hate, but just maybe incredulity is the be- the better way to say it. Like, how can you be people blogging about personal finance and waste all this money at Whole Foods? I'm like, well, the other grocery store options we have are paying people minimum wage and not giving them health insurance, or at least they weren't before the Obamacare employer mandate went into place. All their food is coming from who knows where. And I just appreciate like we're willing to spend a little bit more to know that we're buying from a company that's paying people decently well, where they stick around, where a lot of the food comes from good sources. I think now my big concern is like with Amazon buying Whole Foods, we don't quite know yet what that's going to mean for the workers and for the sourcing. And that's definitely something that we're keeping our ears open on. Can I just tell you an adorable fact about T-Bone? He, <laughs> we buy from the Texas grocery store, which is H-E-B, but he buys the organic bananas for 65 cents as opposed to the non-organic ones for 42 cents because he's like, you know, it's not even about the taste of the banana or the cost. It's about ethical farming practices. (laughs) Shout out (laughs) T-Bone. It's like, that's right. And he's like, this is the one area of or like organic produce that isn't going to, it doesn't make a huge difference, you know, 65 as opposed to 42. It's it's not like $7 as opposed to $1 or something, right? So he's like, I'll do it. But organic bananas are what I'm staking my claim on. Can I also just say how jealous I am that those are your prices? We definitely pay the mountain tax here. We know that for sure. But even down in Reno where I get our groceries sometimes because that's our closest like town and that's where the Whole Foods is. That's where I fly through for work. The regular bananas, the conventional ones, I think are 69 cents a pound and the organic ones are 99 cents a pound. And that's true at just like Safeway, like regular grocery stores down there too. It is so much more than what you're talking about. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Expensive bananas. (laughs) It's not just bananas though. It is like everything. Like we could literally run down the list and it's just like, (sighs) that's, but you know, you got to decide your priorities in life. And for us, it was worth it to be able to live in a place like Tahoe that we love so much. And we knew that that would come with higher prices and we had to save accordingly. it that's our bonus mini sode those are our favorite things and um we would love to hear from y'all if you have some things that you absolutely did i say absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely love <laughs> um and also just feel free to share like things that bring you joy in general like right now i've been listening to a lot of whitney houston and i mean talk about once in a lifetime vocals. I mean, it just brings me so much joy to put on some Whitney Houston while I'm bopping around my house or cleaning or something. So it's the small things, really. (laughs) It is the small things. Um, Yeah, I think we always love recommendations for great content, great writers and talkers out there, particularly women. So send them our way. You can email us at fairersense at gmail.com or tweet at us at Fairer Sense, and you can find all of our contact info at thefairersense.com. 
And as always, if you're loving the show, please subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts and please leave us a review. Our days, our weeks, our months indeed are made (laughs) when we get reviews and even bad ones. We got our first bad one and we were like, oh, that's interesting. It's sort of in a strange way and an endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you don't have to be positive, though we prefer the positive ones. Absolutely. (laughs) I figure if you've made it this deep in the episode, you're probably like decently into it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And guys, stay rad. Stay rad. Always stay rad. Stay rad. Fairer Sense is produced by me, Tanya Hester, and the beautiful, brilliant, hilarious Kara Perez. Editing by me. Our theme music is by The Insider, and our ad music is by Keith McLeod, with additional music from The Mysterious Brigmaster Cylinder, Spinning Merkaba, The Insider, BOPD, Jazar, Baby59, Boxcat Games, and Broke for Free. You can always find me at ournextlife.com and Kara at bravelygo.co.